Mark 2.0 starts now. Richard Leacock, welcome to the podcast. We Thank want to you start so out much for by talking here. about your journey to LA. When did you first move there? And what, you know, what was your reasoning for moving to LA? Uh, I first came to LA back in 1999. Mm. And I had been doing quite a bit of work in Vancouver, uh, you know, from when I first started up until that point. And I felt like I needed to take a leap to grow. Uh, so I said, why not go to where a lot of it happens? So um, I came out to L.A. in 99, February of 99, I believe. And my brother drove down with me uh, in my in my car then. And my suitcase pretty much took up the back window of my car. I, I had a Camaro at the time and because I couldn't put the suitcase really anyplace else, that's where it fit. So it was like nice and big in the window. So anytime we left the car, took the suitcase out because we want anybody to smash into the window and take, mm-hmm. take the suitcase. <laughs> oh. um, but, so yeah, we did that back in February of 99. And, you know, I, I moved in with a good friend of mine who now lives in Toronto. It's kind of funny. She's from Seattle, but she was living in LA and I moved in with that friend and, uh, you know, we just started right away. I came in and I had a manager uh, and started going on auditions and that sort of thing. Um, and it wasn't till about a year later uh, when I got the role for a uh, doc which mm-hmm. ended up taking okay. me to Toronto. Toronto, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was kind of back when I first came out there. And I was there, I guess, for like a couple of years. And then ended up moving to Toronto uh, for the next 10 years. Um, wow, after 10 that. years. Okay. How long was Doc on? Was- How many years was Doc? Well, we, did, we got five seasons out of the show, but... Um, when the show ended, my son was about to be born and mm. his grandparents lived in Toronto and I didn't want to be that son-in-law and, you know, be like, well, the show's over. We're leaving and we're taking <laughs> yeah. your grandson with us. <laughs> so mm. we stuck around for, you know, five years mm. more. And so to this day, my son has a great relationship with his grandparents because he got to know them well there and, and you know, started his life there. So important. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really is big, and I, I, I'm, I'm always Mark. You've heard me say this before. You know, I'm big on my family. Um, they're first and foremost before anything else. I mean, listen, we moved to LA, back to LA, ten years after being in Toronto. We moved here twelve years ago, and that was for me but still everything once we got here had to fall in line for my family Mm. before i could really push ahead that's That's fantastic i mean got your priorities straight definitely so la i mean i mean when you were there i it's so big you know there's probably a lot of great like neighborhoods i don't know really what you call it i mean where where that was back in the 19 like 99 you said Mm -hmm. well he's in la now yeah, so, I'm oh, in LA so, now. So, what in your free time? What's the difference? What did you do then, and what did what do you do now? 
Well, I wasn't married back then when I first came out in 99. So it's a little different the way it looked. <laughs> so um, we won't go into that, really. Enough said. There. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, the woman I married, we were together then. We mm. had just about three months after we started dating, I moved to L.A. in 99. Mm. Um, and You're a good man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like to think so. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Very nice. So yeah, we were together, and so we did a lot of the back and forth. She was because she was still in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, and so we did a, the long distance thing for a couple of years. And then when I got Doc, we all moved to Toronto together, and then you know, got married while we were out there and that sort of thing. But uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was living in Hollywood. All my friends, all the people that were basically my tribe which i believe is something you really do have to build if you come out to live in la you've got to build that tribe um because you want to really know who your family is uh that you can depend on out here because it can be a lonely place if you're out here by yourself trying to make it on your own it's it can be really tough um so i lived in hollywood uh right off hollywood boulevard as a matter of fact just before you go over the hill um and that was a great experience. I got George. Um, you remember the guy who played George Jefferson, Sherman Hemsley? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well. He was a them. neighbor. I had next door to me was this producer who worked with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comedian Richard Lewis. I would always see oh, him. Oh, yeah. I love him. My I, I think he lived right in my neighborhood, but I, I didn't know which house. But he was right in there because I would always see him walking down the street. Um, there's an actor who was in colors and a bunch of things. He was in speed, Mm. uh, named Glenn Plummer. He was my neighbor lived right across from me. And, you know, tons of evenings we'd stand up up front of my place, just talk, just chatting and talking, you know? Uh, so the neighborhood was kind of cool for that. Some crazy things of course happened because it is Hollywood, but for the most part, (laughs) it was, that was decent. Uh, when we came back and I was married, I knew that I wanted to live in a place that was a little bit more family friendly. Mm-hmm. So we ended up living across the street from where my son went to elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we just moved from. We were there for 11 years. Wow. Uh, for, you know, for the most part. So, Fantastic. and it's still that still important that way for me to, to live in a place where I feel comfortable with my wife stepping out or my son stepping out. Because I, I need to have that for them. Yeah. Now, as far as your family, it seems like your family has been blessed with a lot of opportunities in L.A. Explain uh, what they have accomplished in L.A. that they couldn't accomplish in another city. Well, I don't know if they couldn't couldn't accomplish it, but maybe it would have been tougher to do so. Mm. Um, for instance, my son uh, has created a, um, a clothing line called Wasted Youth Crew. Wow. which is kind of an oxymoron play on the words wasted youth. Cause he's clearly not doing that. Uh, and in his fashion designer thing, he has basically, he upcycles clothing. Mm. So he'll curate thrifted clothes and then he'll take them, do his artistic spin on them and then resell them as a way to be sustainable. Um, and my wife also kind of does the same thing. Uh, she does sell, thrifted clothes as well through uh, her website and her blog and her Instagram. Uh, Guilt Freestyle is the name of that. 
Um, and then uh, my wife also works for a place called Funko. Hmm. Funko Pop, which is oh yeah, no, well. you know the collectibles. They're they're yeah. huge for a lot of people. They're, they're tomorrow or next, yeah, tomorrow they have uh, a girl coming in who's quite famous. I believe she's Bella Porch is her name. I think mm -hmm. she's like, uh, I don't know, she's like internet famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, she's got a lot of followers, and there's people already lining up right now as you and I are speaking for an event tomorrow wow <laughs> to see her wow so you know she my wife basically works also in a toy museum because mm -hmm. you have all the different characters that you can you can have dc marvel harry potter disney uh saturday morning cartoons horror everything mm -hmm. uh and she but she's also been given the opportunity there to um to interview celebrities sports mm. uh athletes actors whatever so she's actually going to be interviewing on friday danny trejo oh yeah all the movies that we know yeah. yeah so she's going to get a chance to interview him and she's interviewed lamar jackson who's a football player um she interviewed the guy who played polka dot man and suicide squad mm, she wow him uh she interviewed mark paul gostler who was on saved by the bell played zach yeah, Franklin so, Bash, you name it. Wow. Franklin Bash, exactly. Mm. They talked a bit about that, actually, because mm. that was one of his favorite shows that he did. Um, so she's got to interview a ton of people. She's, you know, had DMC from Run DMC, Henry oh, Winkler. Oh, wow. I was a diehard Run DMC. Yeah. yeah. But what was cool with Henry Winkler is she got to tell him that he was in a movie that I produced. <laughs> wow. Because uh, I was though. executive producer of a movie called Fronters years ago. Yeah. And he was in it and was really great in it. Mm. I'm a big so, Fonz fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's, he signed I a pop of the Fonz and sent it to me. So, oh. I mean, the man is, in my eyes, he's, he's a great guy. Oh, totally. I would love that forever. Oh, yeah. So besides the security thing, you know, Vancouver versus L.A. I mean, I've been to L.A. a lot, but I mean, really, what's the big difference between the two places? I mean, it's apples and oranges mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. But uh, the biggest thing is Van Vancouver is, is much more compact as compared to where L.A. is very spread out. Oh. Uh, very easy to spend your day in your car out here uh you know pre-covid yeah. if you had you know two or three auditions in a day that's your day you're in your car that's it oh yeah you drive into santa monica and yeah. then over to paramount lot and then somewhere over in the valley i mean that's your day you, you spent your day in your car mm. um vancouver uh you know as much as it can be seen you know safer and all that sort of thing it's just a smaller community of people. I mean, I got, I feel like, you know, growing up there, I think I met most people in that city is what it feels like. Uh, probably <laughs> I would like that, you know, but it, it, the acting community is small. So mm -hmm. you're going to run across a lot of the same people at auditions and all that sort of thing or any events surrounding that. So, you know, it's but it's a very cool city it's a beautiful city and you know you take it for granted when you grow up there uh so when you go back and you really take a look at the, the greenery and everything it's amazing yeah and I what you were visit. talking about about la i remember living in santa monica because i was going to smc and i had to work on uh 
Raising Hope. And it was at this small studio in Chatsworth. Yeah. <laughs> From Santa Monica to Chatsworth. That's a that's a hike, you know. That's a commute for you. That's yeah. I don't envy you on that one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Come to think of it, I have vacation quite a bit in California. I always get rides and they all the rides just seem like endlessly long. You know, I never really really thought about that, but yeah. Yeah, listen, wherever you're going, it's 30 minutes. Oh, it really it is. Matter. 30 minutes. It's oh, like, but and you could be even saying to me, but I haven't told you where I'm going, and I'll tell you, I don't care. It's 30 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Or more I like that. <laughs> it really is, yeah. So since you're in LA, we have to, you know, discuss the acting. And if you were on a series over there in LA, mm -hmm. uh, where would you what studio would you want to work at? Ooh. And what what type of series would you want to star in? Uh okay. Here's what I, because I, there's a good buddy of mine named Reno Wilson, who, if you look him up, he's been in everything. He was okay. on the Cosby show. He was on a show called Mike and Molly. Mm -hmm. uh, he was just on a show called Good Girls. And now he's going to be in a new show coming up that's based on the movie Fatal Traction. It's going to be in a TV series. Um, watching him when he was on Mike and Molly mm -hmm. doing a sitcom. I think that's probably the best job you can do because you can make it home for dinner on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So being a family man uh, and not wanting to stray too far away, being on a sitcom seems like a great gig. I mean, because you take one day out of the week, you maybe do a dress rehearsal, you'll do a wardrobe fitting, you'll do a table read through, but those things don't take your whole day. The longest thing you might do is uh the rehearsal yeah. as far as i can see so watching him be able to be home for dinner most nights it was great because if you're working on location that's not necessarily the case no not now, at all granted my son is now much more grown you know so it's not as much of a thing because he's out longer than i am i go to bed before he does because <laughs> he's not graduated <laughs> from high school but um still to be able to you know be hang out with my wife after she gets off work and that sort of thing i think that would really lend itself to you know having some regular hours so to speak uh so doing a sitcom would be pretty cool but other than that man i i would love to be a lead in a series with my brother oh of course yeah yeah, that makes total sense. Now, what about a studio? Do you have a favorite that? Because I've worked at all studio, you know, and and I don't, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say, really, for me, you know. It, it it really is. I mean, I've been on a few of the lots. I love the Paramount lot. I love the history that's behind the Paramount lot. Um, every time I go there to that lot, uh, I just feel like there's a certain magic there so maybe if i had to say anywhere i would say the paramount lot yeah i i, I have great memories of working there one of them i worked on was ironside with blair underwood yeah and, it, and i was on the episode where it got canned and i think uh -oh. it got canned because they wanted a actor that was actually handicapped you know and since he wasn't handicapped no he wasn't <laughs> yeah that's why and he great actor but they I, my car I, I had a Ford Taurus at the time. My car was like right three cars away from the Jeep that was getting blown up. And so they're like, 
just so you know, your car is three cars away from, you know, the Jeep that's getting blown up. But I've worked at there so Oops. many times that there's so many memorable moments there. Yeah. Back in um, like 1993, I think there was a good friend of mine who worked at the accounting office over there in the Paramount mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. So I came to visit L.A., stayed with her and uh, I was on that Paramount lot every single day. Wow. <laughs> I I did the tour so often I yeah. could give the tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and one of the times that I was out there, I was walking and I saw the actor Avery Brooks, who mm. you might know from Deep Space Nine playing uh, Captain Sisko. I saw every single Deep Space Nine. Okay. I'm huge. Mm -hmm. So you know down. who I'm talking about. Yes, you know? sir. Mm. So he's I love how he enunciates every single word. I love his style. Yes, he does. Well, he's classically trained, so he will. Oh, brilliant, brilliant actor. Yes, and uh, a great jazz singer as well. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So I see him, and I'm wearing these sunglasses that were Ray-Bans that he used to wear on a show called Spencer for Hire, where he played a character named Hawk. Oh, Hawk yeah, I love that. I remember this show. I had no idea. It was great. Yeah. I didn't really watch it. I know of the show. Oh, yeah, but check it out, because just, just to watch him, because he's incredible on it. Uh, they spun him off onto his own show, actually, for a while, too. Um, so I had the same sunglasses. And when he stepped out of the studio, saw me with the sunglasses, looks at me and goes, in character as the character Hawk, even though he's wearing his Cisco outfit, looks at me and goes, hmm nice sunglasses <laughs> that was it for me i lost it i'm like oh my god yeah. this is the coolest thing <laughs> oh man it, it was pretty cool i, would I got die to meet avery brooks oh, that was oh great. man I, it was a pretty good trip i got this is when our senior hall show was still on oh, i walked yeah. onto his stage and was visualizing <laughs> standing on his stage uh because nobody was in there um i walked into eddie murphy's production office I saw an Eddie Murphy production mug and I took that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sorry, Ed. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got to, to watch the Martin Lawrence show. I got to watch him film his show and I got to watch Frazier oh, yeah. film his oh, show. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a great trip. <laughs> wow. Oh, so much. I know all of that. I mean, just so well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You've been all over those big studios and stuff. Yeah. Tell me, the, I don't know anything about this stuff. What is like the Netflix studios and the Amazon studios and Apple? How does that all do? Well, they now? film at, at any of the studios. It oh, all depends they, on the they show. They film anywhere, but uh, mm. most of the time, actually, you know, somebody who I know who's who works at Netflix, she would tell me that most of the stuff that they shoot for Netflix, they don't shoot in LA. No. They shoot elsewhere. So, you know, I know like my brother's done a few Netflix things. Like my brother was, Viv was in Lost in Space oh uh, gosh sandra bullock movie uh that's a great series lost in space yeah well you've probably seen him and my nephew in there if you've watched oh it. my goodness i i must have yes yeah so you know you just go where the day takes you you yeah. know wherever the job is you know yeah. uh budapest <laughs> shot out there and uh man wherever i shot in toronto Hall halifax you just go wherever man oh my goodness where's the <laughs> toronto scene at because i was there in 2020 i stayed at the ice condos right across from the scotia bank arena or is it all over the city 
it's all over the city. You might have a few places that are rented out to be studios. Mm-hmm. And I believe there are some studios down by the waterfront, which they were developing when I left. Yeah. And I think those are there. And I think they're pretty busy over there with that. Um, but it's, it really is all over the city. I, I've had to drive an hour out of Toronto to a place called Hamilton to shoot a couple of movies over that way. Uh, one with Ving Rhames, and that was called Saving God which is pretty cool to work with Ving. Um, I always heard these stories about him that he was going to be, you know, a little menacing. Nothing could be <laughs> further from the truth. That dude was the funniest cat, and I had a great time with him. Yeah. So, I don't know what those stories were all about. Yeah, he must have liked you. I mean, you know- I know he's a, he's a method actor, and my character played his parole officer. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, if he's method, maybe he's hmm. not going to you know, take to me right away. But the first thing with him, when we met, we dove into, you know, my past, his past, how he grew up and then jokes. It was all jokes all the time, you know, unless, you know, we were doing a take, then it was serious. Mm, That's awesome. You must Now, what about your start? Take us back to your start, because I was a big 21 Jump Street fan. (laughs) uh, Saturday uh, evenings on Fox, when Fox was just coming out, they'd have it you know, mm-hmm. in syndication or whatever it was. I even had the CD, the 21 Jump Street soundtrack. So oh wow, talk wow. about the friends that you met on there and just your experience. Yeah, and friends to this day, to be honest with you. Um, I was 18 years old, I was my son's age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was January. Oh, I'm going to date myself. So you're going to know, you're going to be able to do the math. Uh, January 87, um, I walked on to the set of 21 Jump Street. I think I had been visiting a couple of days prior to that. And I was having lunch with uh, my friend who was playing the main bad guy, Reginald Dorsey. He's pretty much the one who kind of him and another friend, Charles Payne, kind of ushered me into the world of acting. And I was just visiting. And uh, Johnny Depp was not the original guy to play the role of Tom Hansen. There was another guy who got let go. And then they brought Johnny in. And so I'm sitting at lunch with my two friends. And then also here comes Johnny Depp and sits down with us. Here comes a director and a producer and they sit down with us and we're all sitting there. I mean, I knew who Johnny was from seeing him on Nightmare on Elm Street, but that was it. That's the only thing I knew him from. And um, we were sitting there just having lunch and the producer and director, Kim Manners, who passed away, God bless him. he said, we need to reshoot a scene with Johnny that when we don't have the original actor that was available who shot it the last time. And my guys, my two friends, Charles and Reggie, they're like, well, why don't you put Rich in that role? And they looked at me and said, hey, oh, yeah. Uh, have you ever acted before? And I was like, yeah. Had not acted. All the time. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm acting right yeah. now. You just didn't know. So they auditioned me right there sitting at lunch. You know, I always tell a story. I had a a fork full of food go here. I'm like, oh, you want me to say what now? Oh, okay, Right. So I just did that while we were sitting there at lunch and uh, they kind of talked among themselves. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. And I leaned over to Reggie and I was like, "Uh, what? What just happened? Yeah. What just happened? (laughs) You're about to do a scene with Johnny. I'm like. Eight, oh, my friend. Okay. All right. 
I just unbeknownst, it just, you know, I wasn't from that world yet. I had been involved in entertainment. I'd done a couple of plays, but I mean, school plays, right? And uh, I had been a dancer for many years. I was an athlete and ran track and played basketball, that sort of thing. Um, so honestly, this was a cool thing for me to do. But once I got a taste of it, I knew that that's where I needed to go. That was it. Wow. For me. That is I, a good story. Yeah. Um, that is so heartwarming. Wow. It just happened all around you now. It's- yeah. But I got to know, uh, you know, Peter DeLuise and uh, Holly Robinson and Dustin Gwynn and Stephen Williams, all the people that were on the, sh- the main people on the show. Cause you know, the, the show was around for about five years. Johnny left after three years, I believe. Hmm. Um, and, but I got to know the others. I, I ended up doing like six different parts on the show. <laughs> I believe I never played the same character twice because <laughs> there wasn't too many people who look like me up there in Vancouver. So they're like, use rich again. And I didn't change anything about me. So, That's great. Uh, oh, great. Uh, I, I could always remember Peter DeLuise on, I got a guest star role. It was my first guest star at, of, of any point at any point. And, uh, he pulled me aside and said, if you need to run lines, you come over to me and you let me know. He was just right uh, there. I never forgot that he was at my 50th birthday. And I told him that story. <laughs> um, oh. And he uh, he actually directed The Rock in one of his first TV appearances as an actor uh, no, on a TV kidding. show called The Net. Yeah, this was like wow. back in 98, I want to mm. say. And I did a scene with The Rock in one wow. of his first things. Wow. And, uh, you know. Peter was directing that and, you know, he made sure he's like, I want you for this role. So he brought me in and he says, you're going to be working with this guy, Dwayne, Dwayne, who is Dwayne Johnson. He's, he's the rock. You watch wrestling. I'm like, no, I don't watch wrestling. Nope. He's like, he's going to be the champ in wrestling. He's going to be the champ. I'm like, okay. And so I meet Dwayne and he is the biggest dude. I'd ever seen at that point. I think he's about six five. I think he had to be 270 pounds or something like that at the time. And he was always eating, but super sweet guy. Super sweet guy. Wow. Yeah, probably crazy to be in his presence for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big sci-fi fan. So can I ask you a little about a couple of your shows that you did? I I I love the outer limits. Can you yeah. give me a little taste of what you experienced there? Yeah. Um I did two episodes of The Outer Limits, two different roles. Uh, The first one I did was with Harry Hamlin and Nicole DeBoer, who was also on Deep Space Nine, was in that episode. And, um, you know, it was a quick little thing. I had a day on it. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I ran into Harry Hamlin here at Ralph's at the grocery store. And we, we, we started talking. I'm like, I worked with you <laughs> and he's like what did we work on and we were talking about it. he's like wow that was because that was a really long time ago now oh yeah uh and then the other one i did was um uh this episode i think i can't remember what the episode was called but um they injected alien dna into this convict and 
then they wanted to see what would happen to him. And then when he became a threat, they, you know, they got the military to go after him in the forest. And I was mm -hmm. part of the military that went after him. <laughs> and I can, what I remember about this is there was Alan Rations who, who was on LA Law. Clancy Brown was the man who they injected the DNA into. And uh, I remember we were at lunch. So Clancy's got all this alien makeup to, that was on him. It took about four hours to get the stuff on. And I had the military, you know, the camouflage on my face. And I walk into lunch. He's clearly got all this crazy stuff on his face. Uh, and he looks at me and he says, you should see a dermatologist about that mark, those marks you got on your face. <laughs> I lost it. It was the funniest thing. Um, Kept your sense of humor after four hours of makeup. I like This it. is what I'm saying about him. He, he was still, you know, had a light heart and everything. Because I could understand somebody being a little upset being under that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Uh, it was it was great and i i remember uh it was dead of winter when we shot mm -hmm. and i'm not a fan of the cold <laughs> i live in la it's part of that yeah, is, is exactly same here um and uh you know that had to do this action bit where there's an explosion that goes off right beside me and i had to dive out of the way well my feet were frozen so oh. <laughs> You know, my my leap away from the explosion wasn't real big on the first take. Mm. <laughs> so luckily they let me go thought a little bit. So the second take looked like a little bit more action. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. So you're also on sliders, right? Yeah. Yeah. I that that was, a lot. That was very cool. I got to work with um, uh, Jerry O'Connell, who's a great dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jonathan Reese. I'm going to forget his last name. Sala from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is you it John Reese Davies? Mm. Can't remember. That, don't, don't quote me on that name. But uh, great episode to do. Uh, Barry Pepper, who has been in a ton of stuff. Uh, he was an up-and-comer in Vancouver like myself. Mm. And we worked together on that. And we played like hippies in the 70s they've slid oh, back into the 70s back in time into the 70s yeah. and it was kind of so i had this huge afro these rose-colored glasses a buckskin vest and the, you know mm. it was far out let's put it that yeah, way. it was a great episode by the way yeah what a fun <laughs> job that would be on yeah i show. did watch it okay <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun it'd be great to be on a series where time even changed all the time you'd never get bored oh yeah, because you get to wear like a be a different thing every week. Oh That'd my so god! Sweet. I mean, wardrobe is is a big thing about acting because it, it infuses it who you are as the character. You want to feel good in what you what you have on. Um, you know that's why the actor and the wardrobe person will you know will tend to work together so we feel comfortable with what we're doing and we come to find out a, a good road to be on for the character. So I saw the movie, but not really the series Stargate. I, what do you remember about that? That went on and on. Yeah, Stargate. What? What? It went for ten years or something like that. Mm -hmm. it, went, it went for a long time, and I think I did uh, three episodes of that. Mm -hmm. um, one of them, I played like a very nondescript guard, uh, you know, wearing a balaclava, wearing a ski mask. Mm -hmm. Balaclava is what we say in Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I was wearing a ski mask in it. And I, at the very end of the scene, I pull it off. 
And so you see me and I say some stuff. And I actually came across someone who said, oh, yeah, you did Outer Limit or uh, Stargate. Stargate. And I, yeah. I was like, how do you? And they were t describing this scene. I'm like, how do you uh, remember band. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I did that one and I did another one where I played a character named Colonel Brogan, who it was pretty much the invasion of the body snatchers in this. So um, some kind of force has taken over a lot of people and created doppelgangers mm -hmm. and is trying to take over the base. So it was basically like basically like a die hard in on the on the military base where everybody stays yeah cool so one guy is trying to save everybody else and my character was taken over by <laughs> something yeah <laughs> and uh so you see me get shot by the main one of the yeah main was guys. that the one where you got killed right away or you probably right well, away which time <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh no this well this is one i was killed pretty quick you see me in one scene chasing after him and then he shoots me uh chris judge who played uh the uh tealk the character tealk uh and he shot me and then i died <laughs> you and your wife have a lot of fun okay my favorite one i say for last i have to know what happened on the x-files my favorite. oh man uh x-files I didn't really get to work with David Duchovny or, or, or Gillian Anderson. They kind of came in at the tail end of the scene, mm. but I never really met them. So there was all the stuff that was happening before all the action. Uh, I was playing a cop searching this warehouse, looking for someone, the pusher man who would suggest something to you and you would do it. That's just kind of, it was, it was his power. And um, he ended up making my uh, partner think that I was the guy he was looking for. So my partner drew down on me. I didn't die, but at <laughs> <laughs> um, the you know, other cops came in and grabbed him, made him realize that what he was seeing wasn't what he was seeing. And Julian Anderson and David Duchovny came in, and you know, it was it was a quick deal, but it was it was pretty cool uh to to be able to say hey i did the x-files oh for sure that looks real good I, everyone knows that one yeah I, there was nothing more popular in the 90s than the oh, X-Files. absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah now back to you growing up did you ever imagine that you would be living in la i mean as as a small kid no i mean uh my life was what was what was in front of me um but, but i think as i got older and into my teens and started to love everything around entertainment i didn't know that i would necessarily live here but i always wanted to come and visit here and when i was finally able to do that i said yeah i got to come here someday so i worked really hard to be able to afford to come here um in 98 i did a super bowl commercial for DiGiorno pizza that gave me the money <laughs> to be able to move down here uh, in 99. So that's kind of what got me here. Oh, that's great. That's really insightful. I mean, the key to your success, I mean, it wasn't eating lunch on the set of, you know, uh, Jump Street. It wasn't. It was your mindset, you know. You didn't have enough money, and you decided 
I'm going to go to LA. So what did you, what did you do? Who did you have to be? I, I, I mean, I'm sure you had your support behind you too, mm-hmm. but how did you prepare yourself for that? And what did you do? Well, first and foremost, you had to go through, you know, being able to work here legally. So uh, I had to get a visa to be able to come. So to do that, you had to prove you were outstanding in your field where you were. So I got letters of references from every person I knew in the business who was from the U.S. Directors, producers, actors, um, all that sort of thing. And um, had to build up a package to do that, uh, which is something anyone from any other country who's trying to come come to the U.S. legally, this is what you have to do uh, to get here if you're coming on the basis of you being an actor. Um, and then also, you know, with that was to also know that I had to keep working to build, build up more credits. Um, and that takes time. It does take time. But I did have the mindset that at some point I was going to get here. Um, and the, the mindset changes there's because you have to set goals for yourself of what it is short-term goals and the long-term goals so the long-term goal was to get here so i had to do a bunch of other little things leading up to that that would get me here uh once i did that then i had to set goals for what i was going to do while i was here and you know we still keep setting those goals even if you're famous if you're not setting goals for yourself what i don't know what you're doing do you listen to speakers talk about that? Did you learn that from someone? Because I hear things even as far back as the 50s and Earl Nightingale and, you know, mm-hmm. people who just, you know, are, are just uh, positive thinkers and stuff like that. You have to mm-hmm. have a, a, a goal and, and, a, and a clear vision. Yeah, you absolutely do. You know, if you listen to all the people who have been successful in their field, you can sometimes say they've been singular minded in the way that they've gone about things. Um, I have listened to a lot of people, but I'll tell you what, there was a lot of folks who were naysayers saying, well, why do you want to go to LA? There's so many actors there. Well, anytime I would hear that, that was fuel to make me say, watch me. I'm going to do this and you're going to see what I do. Um, that just was fuel for me. So if you were being negative about it, it was fuel. If you're being positive, it was fuel. So, and it still is to this day. And that's how I had to look at it was take everything that they, people say and use it. I would listen to people like, uh, I, w- I would look back at tapes to, of Bruce Lee or read things that he had said about positivity and things like Muhammad Ali. These are the two people that were on my wall as a kid, Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee. Um, You know, I once wrote a poem saying, uh, talking about me as a kid, and there was a picture of me beside it. It said, this six-year-old kid just wants to be able to be able to kick like Bruce Lee, punch like Muhammad Ali, uh, run like uh, Bruce Jenner at the time, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, have a car like Starsky and Hutch and have a cool leather jacket like Shaft and have a girlfriend that looks like Pam Greer. <laughs> so that 
that was just a little thing I wrote about myself. And I was like, huh, I've accomplished a lot of these things <laughs> when I look back at it. Because I went into martial arts because of Bruce Lee. I learned how to box because of Muhammad Ali and all the other things. Fantastic attitude. You have accomplished yeah. a lot. In fact, if you could maybe narrow it down to your, of course, it doesn't have to be acting or anything, just whatever you think your top two maybe accomplishments have been, what you're most proud of? The most thing I'm most proud of is the son that I helped usher into this world. Uh, my son, Maxwell, is an incredible human being. Um, I'm proud of the young man he's become. Uh, you know, 18-year-olds, you know, they're just starting out in the world and trying to figure things out. And he's a creative kid. He's a smart kid. So uh, that right there is the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. I think my wife would also say that. Um, as far as, you know, career goes, you know, that's hard to say because there's, there's so many different things, like all these different projects I've done or been a part of are just a part of me. And, and, and you know, I can't, I don't want to call them my babies, but they're kind of like my babies to a degree. So to say that, one is higher than the other is kind of hard. I, I have moments where I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. Um, I worked with Jim Varney, who played Ernest in all the Ernest Goes to Camp yeah. movies and all that sort of thing. And, and I think the experience of meeting him and talking to him uh, and learning from him was very cool. I, I was with one of my co-stars in the film that I did with him a few weeks ago, um, Miguel Nunez. And we just talked about a little bit about just how smart Jim Varney was because he could really talk about anything at all. He was well-versed in it, classically trained, uh, just a brilliant guy. And you wouldn't, people know him as this silly character, Ernest, and that's who they presume him to be. He couldn't be further from that guy wow. in terms of who he really was. So, you know, there's things like that. Or working so he was really the mastermind behind that whole thing? Well, him and another guy named John Cherry, that mm. they were friends. It started off with, uh, you know, the commercials and yeah. stuff, the, the character that he, they created and, and, and did that. And then they took it to the movies and they made a whole career out of it. Ooh, I remember. Uh, you know, and they were able to do that. And, you know, he was smart enough to be able to do that and, and, and monetize it and, and be able to push forward with it and make a string of successful movies, you know, yeah. some feature films and then some straight to DVD stuff. But I mean, they went for a long while doing that, starting from the commercials on up. He was even doing commercials out of Michigan where I was from. Yeah. Country Fresh Milk, ABC Warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, I, I got to work with Robert Altman, which is, you know, was such a big deal to me at, at the time. You know, uh, Robert Altman is this auteur who's just well known for MASH, like making the movie MASH and and then also the TV series Combat and a whole host of movies. There's so many movies that he's been a part of. And for him to just, you know, look at me and say, I want you to be in my TV series. When I went in to read for like a security guard, <laughs> security guard role, and then walked away with like a lead on it. I mean, that was amazing. Uh, I think I told you that story already, Mark. I mean, about 
how I showed up on the first day. I didn't even know what I was going to be doing. And I went to the wardrobe truck and he was there and he said, what do you want to wear? I'm like, what? <laughs> so what do you want? I said, how about what I'm wearing? He's like, I like it. We'll rent it. <laughs> and he said, what do you want the name, your character's name to be? Wow. Oh, oh, Malcolm? And he's like, yeah, Malcolm. That's a good name. What's your last name? I went, Duke? <laughs> he was like, Malcolm Duke's got a good ring. And everybody, this is Malcolm Duke. <laughs> okay. Wow, we shouldn't and, have writing uh, it. Yeah, you know, and then for the for that show, there was a script, but everything I did was improv into a scene that was weaved into a scene. So it was an amazing acting experience to be able to do that because he does that a lot with his people. And he doesn't audition people. He just meets with them and talks with them to see if that person has the right personality to fit what he he's doing. So it was just an amazing experience from top to bottom with him. You're such a natural. You've done so many things and so easily. I think that's your accomplishment. Oh, it just, yeah. it's just like, just comes, it just comes to you naturally. Everything just gravitates toward you. You're just like a natural or something. You know, my, my brother kind of says stuff like that. You know, he says, you're kind of like Forrest Gump a little bit. <laughs> I like you that. Know? It's cool. Uh, you know, I, when certain people who became friends of mine would come from the U.S. up here, they would they had heard of me already. Be like, Rich is like Huggy Bear up in Vancouver. You got to meet Rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one thing Reno, my friend Huggy Reno Bear, said. Yeah. I already knew who you were before I ever met you. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, you know, yeah. so. Now, back to the L.A. thing, what most people don't mm -hmm. know is that L.A. have some of the best food, some of the best restaurants around. What are some of your favorite restaurants in L.A.? Ooh, one, one, number one is going to be Izakaya. It's a, a sushi joint that my wife and I have been going to and love. We've done anniversaries there. We love that place. We love sushi, period. Mm. And uh, that's that's joint number one. Um we like, you know, like Caribbean food and stuff like that, Jamaican food. So there's been a couple of places we've gone to. One is called the Sat Down Grill. It's a pretty cool Jamaican spot uh, to get that. Um, what else do we like? For the first while, when we came out here, we weren't going out as much. We Because, you know, we were tight-knit with our son. And, you know, the one place we would go to was Maria's Italian Kitchen which was like right around the corner from where we lived so we could walk there. So that was the, the place we started to go to. Um, we're starting to venture out a little bit more now. There was a few spots that we went to and those were the spots we liked. Okay. Um, I would, did go to a place called Boa. Great steak place. If you like steak, good steaks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good. Um, we went to a place just for my son's birthday just recently called Firefly. Great spot. What are the beaches like right near there? The beaches, I mean, I'm in the valley, so mm. the beaches are always going to be that 30 minute drive. 30 I was minutes. About. Yeah, 30 minutes at least. Uh, maybe more if you're trying to, because Santa Monica. But, you know, we, if we go to the beach, we've gone to Malibu, we've gone to Manhattan Beach, we've gone to, you know, the Santa Monica Pier um you know the beaches are pretty cool here uh i don't go in the water much because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I, i've been to some really great beaches but and, and i'm blessed to do so but 
we like to just go hang out at the beach is what we like to do. We mm. go bring a little speaker, have some food, put yeah. up our little awning and that sort of thing and just hang out. My, my wife loves the beach. That's her happy place. So I have to make sure I take her there at least. Oh yes, you have to go. Uh, yeah, I'm scared of sharks. So, so uh, you and so me we, both, brother. <laughs> so, um, if you're not at the beach, where are you hanging out? Like lately, now that you're married. I mean, we're at home a lot, man. Mm. We're homebodies. You know, we we like to go to see all the tent pole movies together. All the three, the three of us, we like to go do that. Uh, we'll go see all the Fast and Furious movies. We'll go see all the Marvel and DC films. We'll do that stuff together. Uh, but uh, uh, we stay home a lot. We're homebodies, man. You know, LA's changed a lot. I mean, is that have a is that a factor? You know, there's a lot of like protesting. I don't want to talk politics at all, but is, mm. is does that kind of keep you more like central and more than than venturing out a lot more? No, no, mm. not at all. It, it's not about that at all. It's, I see that stuff on TV, and I'm like, I, do I want to go there? I don't want to get stuck in some situation. I mean, listen, this stuff. And I mean, without getting too political, a lot of that stuff, it needs to happen. And, you know, as, as I'm not talking about riots or anything like that, yeah. but, yeah. you know, people need to have their voices heard and so on. But, um, yeah, that's not something I really worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a piece of L.A. like I feel that that's mine mm-hmm. and that's my bubble, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know at our old building a lot of those people are like family to us uh, because we've lived there with them we've gone on vacation with them uh and they truly are family we're four blocks away from them at this point and they're still family so yeah that's know. what i was going to ask too what how easy is it to make friends and connections in la you know connections you can make i mean uh i've been blessed to, enough to make to meet a lot of cool people um making friends is one thing making okay. real friends is another mm. um i think i've been blessed in in all those areas um mm. you know I, I talked about having your tribe uh in the beginning and and that's really truly something that you know i think everybody should think about doing when they when you come here you want to build something for yourself you want to have that family you don't want to feel alone so mm-hmm. that's something that we build um i like the word you're using there tribe yeah man that's 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 a real thing man um who do who do you count on who counts on you you know um i think all of us need to have that have that love that's what we all want right so and i I think you know uh with even with the reputation though i think you get the most down-to-earth people in la people don't realize it i mean even people who are in the industry like i've i've had the pleasure of uh, meeting Ben Vereen, you know, and I, yeah. I remember him from Webster. He, he used to come in where I was working. I was working at a CBS pharmacy and he's the nicest guy, you know, yeah. down the earth. Well, I mean, listen, you're going to meet all kinds. There's definitely a lot of laid back people because that's kind of a West coast sure. kind of flavor thing. You know, it's very laid back. There's a lot of down to earth people. I've been blessed to meet a lot of them. Um, one of my good friends is Jonathan Frakes. Who's on Star Trek next generation. That's how um, I ended up doing, you know, Star Trek. You're a friend with Jonathan Frakes? Yes, I am. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm dying over here. LeVar Burton, who played Jordy, was my neighbor up the street. So oh, you're killing oh, me. LeVar Burton, yeah. Oh, Jordy. Yeah. Jordy, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, wow. actually, LeVar 
officiated my friend Reno Wilson's wedding. <laughs> so, mm. you know, oh it's all goodness. intertwined. You know, you start to yeah. come I have across all the autograph pictures of both of them and stuff. Oh, you do? Yeah. There you oh, go. I'm like a nut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I worked with Jonathan's wife, Jeannie Francis, who's of General Hospital fame. Oh, yeah. I know her well. I mean, yeah. I know all of her. Yeah. I grew up yeah, watching. I, I, I love Jeannie. She, she's great. They're, they're both great people. And That's Jonathan great. is still directing, right? Even in yeah. his new series and and uh, everything Star Trek Discovery that, man, is so they, they hand to him. Cool. They hand him the reins on all of them. Oh man. Um, yeah. He and the look out for Star Trek Picard next season, season three. Look out yeah, for Yeah, you were in Picard, one of the episodes. I was There's in Picard. There's gonna be a season two. three. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Look out for you heard season it here. Three. Yeah. Mm. Um I'm good friends with uh Tom Bergeron, who used to host uh, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, how did that oh. come about? See him at the gym. Wow. See him at the gym, and then we started talking, and he's like, we should have lunch one day. And I was like, yeah, let's have lunch. So now we go to lunch every so often. When he's in town, we go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you just Good put guy. yourself right in the heart of everything. And just every day is a new adventure. Yeah. Like for you. Wow. Well, that's the one thing that can happen with LA. You know, you can step out of your house, and your fortune can change because – there's so many people around that are involved in this business. Whereas, you know, in Vancouver, it's less, it's far less, yeah. far less people. And it's far less as far as the actual community It's smaller. Yeah. So out here, you know, I'm, even when I was back here in 99, I was running into people every day. You know, one of my first auditions that I went to, I saw Damon Wayans. I saw this rapper named Sticky Fingers, who was there from the group Onyx. Uh, there was all these folks, uh, Anthony Montgomery, who ended up being on uh, Star Trek Enterprise uh, as well. You know, I got to know him a little bit. And so this, you just see all these folks, you get to know each other and it's, you know, it's like, whatever. Did you, <laughs> and, did you get people to people. talk to Damon Wayans or meet him? Uh, Damon, I spoke to because not, not that day, but okay. uh, I spoke to him another time because a friend of mine owned a comedy club. Mm. that damon was shooting a special at so i got to meet him then and chatted with him then yeah i worked on a scene of uh lethal weapon that oh you Fox did tv show with him and man i was i was amazed at how great he is but his shoe size he has a huge <laughs> shoe size i'm like you know it, it was just a great scene it was in like a fancy hotel down by the water in long beach oh okay okay yeah, yeah that was that was a decent series it just didn't all work out the way no yeah yeah, that's that's all the other story. We ain't gonna talk about that. But yeah. But even I know, right in that time, that's when Fox, the Fox TV network was just like exploding. And it must have been just crazy, you know, people meeting people during that time, you know. Oh man, it not even just Fox, man. It's just it's just everyone is out here. You know, one of the first people I saw when I moved out here in ninety-nine, uh I went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. My brother oh, and I yeah, I've been up there. there. And we we walked in and uh, Cuba Gooding was there. And I had met oh. Cuba in Vancouver from when he did MacGyver years ago. Oh, okay. We hung out a, a lot while he was in Vancouver. He came up two or three times. And each time he'd come, he'd come up, we'd end up hanging out. And... Uh, you know, so I got to see him. And when I was moving here the last time, I get on the plane. Who's on the plane? Cuba Gooding Jr. Wow. His brother's real so, talented, too. Omar. 
Yeah. Well, Omar, yeah. Omar has done a lot. Omar has done a whole lot. Um, you know, man, you just run into people every day here. You're just walking down the street. You go to the Starbucks or coffee shop, whatever. You'll meet someone. You'll see somebody, yeah. you know. Yeah. Eddie Murphy goes to the, the coffee bean right down the street from me right now. Sunday, that's where he goes. Wow. I painted my dad's house. I painted my dad's house to be able to buy a Walkman and Eddie Murphy, and I will listen to it five thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I loved every second of Eddie Murphy when I was young. Oh, oh man. I mean, his stand-up stuff. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh. We, me and my brother as kids, knew that stuff verbatim. Oh, me too. You know? I could recite that. <laughs> It's, it started with the Richard Pryor records, sneaking out the Richard Pryor records and, oh, and turning the yeah. volume down real yeah. low and listening to it and just giggling when, you know, no one was around. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, we got the, and we could, as soon as we got the Walkmans, we didn't have to let nobody know what we were listening to. So, you oh, know, yeah. And uh, it was everywhere. I would go to work and we'd be throwing those lines back and forth all day just to keep ourselves happy at work. Uh, you know what uh, I mean? Uh, oh, man. I mean, my brother ended up working with Eddie on I Spy, and mm. I was actually cast. Yeah, he had mentioned in, that. Yeah, I was cast in the movie, but I would have had to be flying from coast to coast from Vancouver to Toronto. And uh, the film wanted to be in the number one position. They wanted to have the first right. But the TV series legally couldn't do that because I had a contract with them. Mm. It was kind of mm. like Tom Selleck losing out Raiders of the Lost Ark to Harrison Ford. That's what happened to me. <laughs> wow. I don't yeah. like that either. I mean, wow. Not That's clearly funny. not the same yeah. level in terms of what the role was going to do for me, but you get the idea. I, I, so, I ended yeah. up not being able to do it. Uh, although Eddie was the one who approved me. Mm. And so when I actually went to visit the set, Eddie said to both me and my brother, you guys are funny. So forever, yeah. no one can tell me that I'm mm. not funny. That's right. Because yeah. yeah, That's totally validated better than any blue check mark ever could. <laughs> I mean... Eddie from Eddie Murphy said, I'm funny. Bye. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely. Man, the 80s was great. It really oh. was. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to talk about, because we are also interview a lot of musicians. Take mm -hmm. us back to when you were growing up and the 80s, too. Uh, what were some of your favorite? Mu what was your music style? What were you listening to? Were you listening to a little bit uh, of everything? What were your favorite artists? I mean, I definitely was listening to <clears throat> a lot of different things, but I was heavy into r&b and funk and hip-hop mm -hmm. uh i'm saying that like i'm not now i am <laughs> but um it was all about if i look back then you know it was because i was a break dancer at one point so it was all about oh, that underground yeah. okay. feeling with uh africa bombada and george clinton and just like this funk this heavy funk it was cool and then we had some of the hip hop early on was like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Oh, that sure, was big yeah. for me personally. I mm -hmm. loved that. That's what really took me into hip hop was that song. Yeah. And then, you know, outside of that was Michael Jackson, Jackson Five, Prince, Stevie Wonder. It was, you know, the Gap Band, all that stuff. I, that was where I was really into it. I, I remember when I, went to check out a high school that I was going to go to. And we started high school at the eighth grade out there in Vancouver. And uh, somebody asked me what my, my favorite music was. And I didn't want to, cause you know, disco used to get pooped on pretty hard after yeah. a while. 
and this is probably like 81 or something. And I didn't want to tell anybody that I listened to R&B. So I remember I was like, yeah, I'm into rock, which, you know, I didn't mind. And I, and I, yeah. and I liked a lot of rock songs, but that's what I told him. He's like, wait, you like rock? You don't like funk and R&B? I'm like, yeah, I that I too. you know, but I just didn't expect this cat, yeah. you know, to say, say what he was saying. Cause he didn't look like me. He didn't uh, look like he'd be in, remotely yeah. involved in R&B and funk. You know, he looked like a rocker dude, long hair, jean jacket. You know, you think about the, the early 80s and stuff. That's what that look was, that like those hair bands. That's what this dude looked like. So mm, when he told me yeah. he liked funk and R&B, I was like, I'm thrown right now. Yeah. So, yeah. That's was all we were just that. talking last night where we had this, this metal band on, you know, and we were listening to metal but we're playing metal but we're listening to rap you know on the side like yeah wow. i was a big rap guy i wanted to be a rapper in high school run boz you know seriously oh, we wrote i wrote some raps you'll never hear them but i wrote them. yeah i feel you what about somebody uh, like philip bailey i was a big phil collins fan i think they should have done a whole album together when they, they should have lover. done a whole album together i mean that but phil was so busy and so was, was great. Uh, easy lover yeah, yeah. come on then that was a that was a great song. They could have easily done that back then. Yeah, that's another group. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Commodores. The list goes on, man. I, I loved it all. Yeah. I, I'm one of those cats who uh, knew everything about the album. I read the liner notes yeah. on the albums. I read all of them. So I know who produced, who mixed. I knew all that stuff. I just was, I absorbed it all. Now, sticking to the 80s, you were a big TV guy. What was your favorite TV shows? Oh, man. Yeah. L listen, <laughs> it was so much. It's, it started in the 70s, but in the 80s, man, what were we watching? 18. Watching oh, the 18. Yeah. Um, we were watching different strokes and facts of life and a lot of sitcoms. Uh, obviously, you know, Cosby Show. We started watching that in the 80s. Uh, uh, are we still allowed to talk about that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, on this channel. I, I watched it too. Yeah, for sure. No. Um, different World too was that era. Big time Different World, right into the 90s with that one. Um, but I was, I was recently, as a matter of fact, last night, watching an old episode of The Six Million Dollar Man oh, <laughs> yeah. from the 70s. Uh, it's on the NBC app, if anybody cares. Steve <laughs> Austin. <laughs> a man barely alive. <laughs> can't be Better, stronger, faster. Oh, yeah. oh, man. Are you kidding me? I loved all that stuff. I wanted to be able to be fast like the $6 million man. That's mm -hmm. what I want, how fast I wanted to be. Yeah. Lee yeah, Majors, what, man. Oh. Yes. I wonder uh, what he's doing. I he's thought about that recently. You know, after watching the show last night, mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder how Lee's doing. I mean, he's got to be in his 80s now. Yeah, he's I can't still remember around, Wonder Woman's that. name. Huh? I, I'm 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 embarrassed to say I can't remember Wonder Woman's name. Wonder Linda Carter. Oh, Linda oh, Carter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. loved her. Are you kidding? Oh, oh God. Well, you know, you know, uh, Benson Robert Guillaume. He was in that episode of The Outer Limits you were in. Did you know that? Robert Guillaume was in my episode? I yeah, the so. one where you were the dairy, you handed the phone. You, you didn't work with him in any scene. No, right? I didn't. He was the main guy. I forgot that. He was a total bitch in the episode. 
<laughs> what a great actor, though. Oh, yeah. I loved him. Loved well, look that at something dude. like Lean on Me, too. That was a great movie. Lean oh, on oh. Me. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I watched Wanted that so many times. Yeah. Uh, that is like such an important movie. Yeah. I, every kid should see that movie, especially, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was just, it, that movie meant a lot to me because there were just, you know, high schools that needed the attention they were not getting. Mm-hmm. And we all saw it. And it was just like, oh, please, somebody do something after this movie. Exactly. And I, I don't, I think it's important to make movies like that or to make movies that say something because sometimes you know the art is what can change the world you know or change things for the better when you see it and it's right there in front of you in you know on a huge screen or your screen at home and then you realize something needs to change so i'm uh, that's one of the things that uh moves me about film and tv and me in my life personally, uh, I, I know that one of the things I'm here to do is inspire other people. Uh, you really are very inspiring. You know, uh, I was going to ask you about your parents because everyone seems to have great parents who seems to get as far as you, but you're, do you have siblings? Do you have brothers and sisters? You allowed to? Yeah. 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 My, my, uh, brother is an actor named Viv Leacock. Who's on a TV show called when calls the heart right now uh, for the hallmark channel and two of his kids play his kids Aww. on the show um which is pretty cool uh i have a sister uh leba who's got uh three sons <laughs> and uh single mom doing her thing and uh you know my mom passed away you know about 25 years ago mm. uh she was only a couple years younger than i am now when she passed away so she was pretty Aww. young that's her uh, you know, and my but my parents are from the Caribbean. My dad, they're both from Trinidad. Um, so you know, we had a pretty strict upbringing. But you know, my parents loved the movies. Uh, we would they would take us to the drive-in. That's kind of where it all started. Was you know hiding under the blanket so they didn't have to pay for us <laughs> in the back I, of the station wagon. I really miss that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I really, I mean, I saw Jaws and I was scared. I mean, scared, man. I Where I had Jaws a hot drive. Yeah, me too. Oh man, I had to hide my face under the blanket, just like you just said. Man, I didn't want to st- stand on blue carpet after that. I just, <laughs> I, just, I just thought shark jump up through the carpet. I was, I was probably about six years old when I saw that movie. No business seeing that movie. Wow. Yeah. They should have told me to go to sleep at the back of the, the station wagon. I did not. <laughs> But, uh, you know, my parents, they always love to go see big movies and, and that sort of thing. So they always took us and that kind of just kept on going, you know, in my life. And now I do that with my own family. Mm. Um, you know, before we left Toronto, we used to go. There was a drive in there. So we my wife mm-hmm. and I, we would go to the drive in. Yeah. You know, we would do that. So it was kind of to bring back that old feeling of, of doing that and getting the snacks and the whole thing. You know, it's a great it was a great thing. One of my fondest memories, of my, and my dad was like that. He was like, movie, movie, movie. We'd get books with all the facts in it and stuff. And some of my fondest memories, we, we'd ditch work in school and go see Alien on a huge oh, screen or maybe, something. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh, it was never the same, you know? And it's just <laughs> like, you know, the movies was just so great back then, you know? Now it's kind of like your living room is almost yeah. Yeah, so yeah. good now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not me, like our then, childhood 
Yeah, well, our, our our next movie that we're gonna go see, we just we've already bought tickets for the new Black Panther movie. Mm, sweet. That, yeah. That's for, that's for sure. Next, if something else comes before that, I don't know, but that's what's for sure. Yeah. Next. That is gonna be a good ride. So back to your parents. Were they where were they born exactly? They're both born in uh, Trinidad in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, they left there. My dad was a pipe fitter welder, worked all over the place doing that. Because back then, you know, if they wanted you and you were good at your job, they would get your work papers for you. So he would go wherever. He's worked in Chile. He's worked in all over the Caribbean. He's worked in the U.S. and, you know, and in Canada. So, um funny thing is you know he was up for a job in either vancouver or la and uh, he'd been to la already so he thought hmm, vancouver seems safe and a nice place to raise a family so we ended up in vancouver that's the only reason i didn't end up here first yeah he likes that feeling i mean la is great but i i think i would be like him i would, I would prefer that feeling so you're gonna you what do you see yourself in five years five years from now yeah. uh i will still be acting uh i see that there is a tv series that i'm a part of uh the whole thing you know and still helping to produce movies as well and make projects come to fruition so i want to do some more producing in the future as well you just answer um, my next question yeah so i've you know i've got some things that uh i'd like to produce i have a bunch of scripts that i'd like to you know shepherd to get them to the finish line mm. um but you know what kind of what kind of subject matter is interesting you now oh man it's well here's the thing i'm a i consider myself a student of the movie and tv and film business and so there's not too many genres that i wouldn't care to be a part of mm -hmm. i love action adventure i grew up watching a lot of that so i still want to do stuff like that I figure if Harrison Ford can be how old he is and doing Raiders of the Lost Ark 4, then I'm still young enough to pull off a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I love comedy. Um, I love sci-fi stuff. I have a sci-fi Western that I produced and one of the stars in that we're hoping to make into something. Uh, we should have uh, that finished by the end of this month. And then hopefully off into film festivals and then pass it around to the studio to help see if it can be made into a series. Ah, sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be pretty cool. If we can get that one going. Uh, about to go shoot a project with my brother. We, there's a project that we've had gestating for quite some time. Mm. Uh, and we're going to shoot hopefully at the end of this year. Uh, which is something which will be the basis of an, it'll be like a pilot presentation. So it'll be the idea for a new TV series for him and I, which will be an action comedy kind of thing. If you take uh, the movie Bad Boys with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and you add a little bit of Simon and Simon and Rockford Files and that sort of thing. And that's kind of what this show is. Not, you know, smash band crash kind of thing so much like the way the Bad Boys film is. Yeah. But just the, the the back and forth banter between the two is kind of be kind of like that between me and my brother. Mm. That's going to be cool because you know you have the mindset of 
the Rockford Files. Not a, a lot of people have want to bring that into the modern age, and that's going to give you an edge. That's very creative. I think it's going to play well. Yeah, man. We like we're we're <laughs> students. We that's the stuff that we watched growing up. Oh yeah, same here. I loved it. You know, so we're taking pieces of that and then you know putting them in today and making it relevant for today. That's that's how we're approaching yeah. it. And we're really going to lean into the relationship between the family because there's the two brothers, but there's also a sister there as well uh, who will be there. It's going to be a busy five years for you. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask you, and uh, maybe there isn't anything. Is there one thing that you would like to do over in your life? Do over? Yeah. Uh, I don't um, regret anything, but because everything needed to go the way it did. If there's you're one proof of that. thing yeah. I might decide to do when I was 18 years old, I got invited to go to a school, uh, uh, an acting school in New York. Mm. And I was having too much of a good time where I was. I had just started acting as a professional. I got my role on jump street and I was like, I don't know if I want to go all the way to New York to, to do, to enroll in the school. And then I can't work professionally yeah. and I'm having such a good time here going out and doing this and that. So if anything, maybe I would have done that. I don't know for a fact that I would, but that would be something that I would have thought about. Well, school is beneficial in retrospect. It could have helped. I mean, yeah, you you could have maybe, but I still right, but... I still went to acting school. I still do that, you know, because um, you can never stop learning, as far as I can see. And you know, I needed to experience life, uh, which also informs my acting. So, um, you know, it went the way it's supposed to go, uh, and there's a whole lot more to do. So, so you've been to all like movie premieres and all that. I mean, yeah, what's yeah. all that? what what does yeah. that feel like? I mean. What's that it's like? Kind I mean, of bizarre to be honest with you, because there's so much attention shooting at you. <laughs> um, you know, I've been on the red carpet, but they're like, "Here, look this way, look this way," and then you're yeah. smiling, and there's just like bright lights going off repeatedly, <laughs> and it's yeah. trying to act normal in that position. It's not normal. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just That's not good. normal. Uh, but I think I know, would just try to freeze a good face for all those pictures i guess exactly i, I was like i'm hoping my eyes aren't closed for like, <laughs> yeah. all these and how do you keep uh, them open with all those lightning strikes happening in your visual range oh yeah you know my brother and i have gone down the red carpet together my my wife has come down the red carpet with me my son has been able to come down the carpet with me uh for films and uh when going down the carpet with my brother it's an experience for the people that are there because right. we just go right into a show business routine while we're out there. We just, we work it. We have right. a lot of fun doing that together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my wife, I can remember, I'll tell a story real quick. Um, for the I Spy premiere, we flew down from Toronto to come support my brother for the film. And my wife had been talking a big game. She's going to kill me for telling the story. Mm -hmm. But uh, she talked a big game you know, about, oh, I can't wait to get on the red carpet because she loves everything fashion. She loves that sort of thing. She thought she was going to be out there posing. As soon as we got to that red carpet, Eddie showed up behind us. And I was like, hey, Ed, what's going on? And my wife kind of 
froze <laughs> because she saw this supermodel that she's idolized forever named Rashumba, and then Eddie's there and then the lights are flashing and I'm like uh say hi to Eddie <laughs> and let's move forward on the carpet and she was like I think I'm just gonna go back here I'm like no 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 you wanted this so you got to stay <laughs> yeah. awesome. and I made her work the red carpet with me for a while yeah. <laughs> wow must have taken a few moments to uh, get comfortable it mm. took her a few moments but she got there she doesn't have a problem now oh yeah <laughs> no. what you were saying earlier she has a lot of fun and probably really comfortable with all the superstars now no, uh, I mean, you know, she will now, now she is because she's been around it so much now, yeah, now that it's just sure. second nature. You just, you know, these are just people. <laughs> That's you know? funny, like her getting acclimated we, though. Yeah, you know, as much as we revere them and all that sort of thing, they are just people, you know, and treat them, and that's what they want to be treated as. So that's what you do. That's a good that's point. True. Yeah. Now, about LA, are you a sports fan and are you a LA sports fan? I am a LA Lakers fan. Okay. Yes, definitely. Um, as much as the Clippers, you know, are an LA team, I I, I can't vote for them because I'm a, I'm a Lakers guy. They're across the hall. I can't get down. No, so. I, I know what you mean. Outside <laughs> of like Billy Crystal and Penny Marshall, those were the those were the Clipper fans. Clippers fans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I've been to Clipper games. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. I, I have been since nice. Magic was on the team. You know, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and that sort of thing. So uh, I've always loved the Lakers because we didn't have a basketball team up in Vancouver for years. And then we had them for a short minute and then they were gone. Exactly. So, you know, uh, Lakers fan, I definitely love the Dodgers as well. You know, um, listen, I I, I lived in Toronto, so I'm always going to have my heart's always going to be with the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. But I do. I know. Love I'm a, I'm a bit of well. a Blue Jays fan myself. So I, I remember taking my son to see a Laker game, and they were playing the Toronto Raptors. Mm, yeah. He was losing his mind because he didn't know who to cheer for, so he just yeah. cheered for both. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was probably about seven years old, and he was like, "Go you. Kobe!" And then he looked <laughs> at Raptors. Go Raptors! And he just he just saw the conflict that was happening. Sure. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> So uh, do you have any like uh, little things you get? You know what? I like to sneak away with the kid and play Pokemon. Do you have any little hobbies or anything? My my boys are getting, I have two teenage boys. Uh, mm. So one is driving now and one is just becoming a teenager, you know, so we like to sneak away. I can't catch the, the older one now. He's in his truck somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I like to do with my son is one thing we like to do as a family is go for walks. Mm. We do that. Nice. I'll sneak away and do that. Uh, with my boy, uh, we like to go get French fries. <laughs> He's a French fry connoisseur. Doesn't matter where the French fries are from, yeah. French fry. Uh, <laughs> you know, to this day, one. he's 18 and we still we still do that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, when he was in school, everyone and my wife and I were just talking about this, I think last night or a day or two ago, and at least once a year. We would get him up in the morning, get him dressed like he's going to go to school. We drive all the way to the school, and we say, "We're not going to school. We're going. We're going. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a, a ditch day, and we're going to go hang out and go to the beach or whatever." We would always do stuff like that, nice. at least once or twice a year, just to have a family day. Uh, 
and so we could spend time together because you know my wife and I were always working while he was at school so we always want to make sure there was time that we spent together uh and just really connected so we would do that and spend a whole full day together like that um and my wife and I like to go get coffee together and people watch mm -hmm. still to this day. That's yeah. been a part of our relationship for the past 24 years. <laughs> it's one thing I like your, I like your outlook. I mean, if someone were to ask you the question, what is the LA lifestyle? What, what would your response be? I know it's kind of an abstract question. It, it is because I think it's different for everyone. You know, uh, my lifestyle is, I wake up early in the morning, I go do what I have to do. I come back and, you know, uh, if, it's a, if it's a weekday, I might stop in and get a coffee someplace and, and hang out for a little bit. Uh, if it's a weekend, you know, right now we're in new home stuff. So it's all about Ikea, Home Depot, home goods <laughs> Bath and Beyond. that's yeah. where i'm at right now uh but doing in doing that we'll take a moment and we'll go sit down at a coffee shop and have coffee that's the la lifestyle for me is right now and i mean i go to work i do what i have to do and then we just like having nice dinners at home and having a glass of wine and maybe watch something cool on tv we're gonna watch she hulk tonight we're gonna finish it off excellent oh, yeah 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 well, it's it's good to I, I love I love your vibe because you're just a good family man. Sure, you just got a good heart, and it's just uh, well deserved success. And uh, you spread it around and help others. And uh, we love everything really about like you, Richard. You, yeah, oh, like man. how you oriented your career at a family first kind of like building method, you know, and just really a fantastic story from beginning to end. Yeah, uh, thank you. And you know, we got it in it's. As far as like what you just said about helping, you got to do that. You got to reach back as you go and pull up the next man trying to come up behind you. Cause that's why we do these things, these podcasts, you know? Yeah. You got, you got to do that. You got to help one another. Cause I am my brother's keeper. I yeah. am my sister. You know, that's how this world works. Um, that's how this business works. You know, sure. uh, right now, there's some good things that could be happening with my brother and he's looking to see if he can pull me along. Uh, you nice. know, when I got going my way, I'm trying to pull him along. We're each other's biggest cheerleader in this business. hundred percent. When he's yeah. ever fell down, I'm like, let's be creative. Let's go. Let's that's go. Great. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we do. Excellent. Seems like it's been a very successful business model so far and i wish thank you many many years and we are so thrilled that we connected with you and i want to thank something you're bound uh, to publicist. happen big you know and if anything yeah. does happen new could you maybe consider coming back and sharing oh, it with sure. yeah yeah i had a really a wonderful time guys anytime and i have to thank your publicist laura laura walsh for you, laura. Uh, yeah. putting us in contact so yeah most definitely right. I'll, I'll come any, laura. You guys yeah. thank Excellent. you so much so you got right. any more questions mark no, this is good. Thanks so much, Richard, for Mark 2.0. We really appreciate everyone. You Thank can you learn so, so much. much from these podcasts. Thanks a lot.